everyone wants more money, but most of us weren't taught how to create an abundant life. That's where the More Money Show comes in. If you're ready to have more money, create more freedom and experience more fun, turn the volume up. It's time to learn how to create the prosperity and life you have been dreaming of. Here's your host, Cassie Parks. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Money. Today, I have Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, back to talk about all of the amazing stuff in her life. And we're going to talk about survival versus thriving. We're going to talk about what it what it actually does in your life when you're able to give up that, I have to do it perfectly, I'm trying to do it right thing. <laughs> and I get to see her like sigh of relief on the video. It's like, yes. So welcome, Jean. Tell me something awesome to start us off. Hi, Cassie. Okay, so the, the really freaking awesome thing in my life right now is that I have been taking a pottery class, which was something I tried at the age of 19 and failed miserably at. And on Saturday, I prepped my very first pot to go in the kiln. It's all ready to go. It's just waiting for the time to be right to be stuck in the kiln and fired. And it's just so cool. That is awesome. I love it. Um, and so we're going to talk um, later in the show as well about what like why it's different now and how like the way that you've grown has made you actually able to um, <laughs> throw a pot. That's the technical term. Throw a pot, right? Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So let's start here. Um, you said something the other day. So as those of you who have listened to a while, you know, Jean and I, Jean is a one-on-one -on -one client. We're working through um, setting up her whole business with a bunch, with a bunch of different client um, avatars, profiles, whatever, what I call paying clients because everybody can come up with an avatar or a ideal client of somebody that they think they can help, right? Um, actually, I'm going to let you explain this, but what's the difference between sort of that ideal and the paying client, which is what we work, the path to paying client? Well, I think probably the biggest difference is the paying client will pay you, <laughs> yes. which means you have a business and not a hobby. Yes. And say more about that. Like, will you, will you talk a little bit more about that? So I think often our ideal client, our ideal client, the one we, or ideal reader is often very much ourselves. And for the most part, we figured it out ourselves Yep, because we didn't have a mentor. We didn't have somebody who was leading the way. Maybe they were out there. In my, in my arena, I think I offer an almost unique solution to menopause that's just not out there in, in the world. But for business coaches and life coaches, there are people out there, but we may not know about them. So we dig in and we find ways to do things. And so our ideal client is not necessarily going to pay us they're, they're going to read our books. They're going to read our websites. They're going to pick our brains if they can, but they don't need our necessarily need our support. So a paying client is somebody who really needs our support. They really need us. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that you can, there's a reason I had you introduce it, right? Obviously I know what the pain client is, right? But, but I love because you've totally owned that, right? In the beginning of this process, it was like you wanted to make it 
this person that was exactly like you. You wanted to give her all the information. You wanted to set her up for success. But that person, as we've gone through, it's become clearer and clearer to you that you didn't need you. It's somebody else that needs you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I mean, you can tell that I need a coach. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> But I didn't need a coach to get through menopause. Yes. I needed a coach for other things. Mm -hmm. And I've, over the years, I've worked with a lot of different coaches, both business and life coaches. And that's been important to, to getting me where I am. So I'm not going to say that I didn't need support anywhere. Yes. But with what I do, no, I didn't need the support. I needed, yeah, I needed some friends around me. But right. I didn't need, I didn't need a coach. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women do because it's not easy to put all the pieces together. It's not easy to put all the, the this is how you, how you know what you, what's going on in your body. And this is what you do about it. And this is how you stick with it. And this mm -hmm. is why you do it. Right. And all of that stuff is all what I teach and help my clients with. And that's what I had to figure out on my own. Right. Exactly. And that's also like the difference, like your paying client doesn't want to go through all that work, mm -mm. right? She doesn't want to be analyzed. She wants someone to more or less, like, obviously there's, it's not just telling her what to do, but she wants more guidance, like trim down the choices, trim down the options, trim down what we're going to try out because I want it to be quicker and faster. Yeah. 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 I love that. So, um, as your business, I love it because you have such the best, um, way of advertising that really, I believe came from your future self. Cause it was just an inspiration that we've talked about it before. It's not something anyone is teaching anywhere. No, it's just something fact, that you were like, it's against, it goes against what most people are teaching. Yes. Right. <laughs> Which I love because I'm like, it works for you. And it came out of, it didn't come out of, I, Oh, I took this training, Cassie. I want to do it this way. You're like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what's work awesome. Let's make <laughs> that even work more. Right. Right. So, and then as it's evolved and we've, we've come, you know, so we started really doing the email path to your paying client, right. What somebody might mm -hmm. call an autoresponder series. And when we got to a certain client, we were like, Oh no, she wants a message. She doesn't want it. This client, cause we do a different client every month. Um, talk before we go into that, talk about how that's important and how that sort of changed your view doing a different, focusing on a different paying client every month. Well, menopause is a really complex issue. Mm -hmm. And it's not only does it vary by time, but it also varies by where your health and your body was when you start the mm -hmm. process. And it can get even more crazy when you throw in some of the medical treatments, especially hysterectomy into the mix. And then you've got this person. So each person is having a different set of symptoms and they're having a different reaction to that symptom. So somebody who's having hot flashes all the time is not the same person as a person who is having, is depressed or a person who's having the health issues like this month is about the numbers when what happens when your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your blood sugar go off and that person's got a different set of thoughts and 
problems than the person who has hot flashes or the person who has depression or even the person who can't stand the fact that they're going through menopause because they feel like they haven't finished that prior part of their life and then they're like really upset about it. They're, they don't want to be losing that reproductive self. So those are just four of the clients that I that could come to me and be helped by the methodology that I use. But to talk to them the same way or to talk to all of them at the same time wouldn't help any of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they couldn't hear you because you would, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So we take a client a month and, and are building a whole, what's my favorite part about this is that when we get to the end of the year, Jean will have a business she can just put on repeat. So every January she'll talk about the same topic and drive people, those paying clients through that and everybody gets what they need and, and she'll just be able to do it over and over, which is what everybody wants. Right. And the funny thing is every month I get messaged um, and especially since Facebook opened up the, the place where you can just put a little message, message me box on the, on the photo. But every month I get messaged from people who are going through the broad range of spectra of symptoms. Mm-hmm. And they hear the message because it's directed to one person. Right. Absolutely. So good. So uh, a couple days ago, we were going through this most recent, um, and we were, we were actually talking about how do you, because this is something that as a coach, you have to know how to have a strategy call or a sales call. And you are like really good at on the phone sales calls, but it happens a little bit different when you're going back and forth on messenger on Facebook or via email. Right. Right. And so we were discussing it and I said, and we walked through this, this pattern and it's like, Nope, this is where you went wrong. Nope. Go back on the path this way. <laughs> nope, we're way far off there. Let's come back here. Right. And you said something to me at the end, which was awesome. And you're like, I want to point out like how much I, I knew you'd changed. Right. Like I, I there, wasn't a surprise to me, but you said, I want to point out how different this is because you were having fun. You weren't challenging me at every turn. You weren't trying to defend yourself at all. We were just laughing. Right. It was pretty much all laughing. (laughs) It was all laughing. (laughs) We'd say what something and then somebody would get, get, take it to the next ridiculous level, but it was just fun and laughter. Yeah. And so talk about how that's different than six to nine months ago. Um, Well, okay. So I'm only a little bit type A personality. (laughs) 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 But, you know, how how I grew up and who I was as a child made it important for me to be the best student and never get in trouble in the classroom and always be right. Um, I had to be the one who went off and figured it out and came back and said, look, teacher, here I am. (laughs) And if it was wrong, it was devastating to me. And that was part of my own, my own personal story, which is way more than we need to get into today. But I've been that way for 60 years. Mm -hmm. So letting go of that 
was really hard because it was letting go of my identity of who I am. And to do that, I had to see that you as a coach were here for my best interest. And that if you were asking a question, it had, it didn't have anything to do with my initial response. It might, but you know, it wasn't a judgment. It was a clarification. And I had to learn to let questions just be questions. Yeah. And so how does that feel different? Well, I don't any longer have to feel like right is only one way. And even if I'm wrong, it's okay because there are still things that I'm really, really good at. Yes. And, and I know that now. And I know that if I don't have it because I haven't learned it, there's really no problem in that. <laughs> Right. And I'm going to say that again. If you don't know it because you haven't learned it, this really isn't a problem, right? Exactly. <laughs> you just have to learn it. And, and you know what? You're going to make mistakes along the way. Mm -hmm. So for me, what's been really important is to just trust that you're not out there trying to zing me. Yeah. And you're not out there looking to push yourself up by making me look wrong. Right. And I, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I would probably say that most of my coaches have never been that way, Yeah. but yeah, there've been people in my life who were that way. Mm -hmm. I was a woman in corporate America. There are people like that. Right. Yeah. But I had to, I had to learn that it was okay to let someone help and that, that the person I was asking to help was truly invested in me doing a better job of what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think what that gives too is like, there's no now, I would almost say we're using the term sort of right and wrong, but there's no right and wrong answer. There's just the answer that does that lead us to that next step we want to go to. Yeah. Does right. it work? Does it work? <laughs> Which is pretty clear, right? And I think, and the way that you came in the other day was like, this is part of this is working and part of this is not working, right? And yeah. so we sat down and to look at, okay, well, where does it stop working, right? And you were open to that. And I think the biggest thing is that, you know, I said at the end of the call, yeah, I don't have to like be gentle anymore. I could just be like, no, that's wrong. Like, <laughs> this is where it went off target. Like, <laughs> And, and you can no, say, okay, yeah, no, this is not. And you're like, okay, what, what should it like, what should it be? Right. Which is, I mean, there's so much time saved. I feel like in both there's, in the learning everything. Go ahead. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of time saved. There's a lot of effort saved. There's a lot of, um, and it, it, the sooner I get it right, the sooner people are going to find me and find my answer to this and be helped. And that's really what it's all about because we, we shouldn't be struggling with this situation as a, as a group, as yeah. women, we shouldn't be struggling with menopause. And if I, if I'm letting my ego get in the way of somebody coming in and finding the answer they need, that's not right. Yeah. Talk more about that and how maybe that was, that was happening. Well, 
of course it was happening because if I couldn't be wrong, then I just have to slam and if, or if I had to be the one to figure it out, I just have to slam against that wall 4,000 times. Right. And to be honest, sometimes I slammed into the wall, fell over and had to wait for the concussion to clear. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I'd retreat yeah. from doing the next thing. Right. So knowing this, it's not, I mean, I can go so much quicker because I don't have to sit there and think about it. I just, I just have to say, okay, Cass, what did I do wrong? Let's see it. Let's fix this and try the next thing. And if it doesn't work, let's try something else and something right. else and something else. And so it's much, it's a much quicker cycle. Yeah. And it doesn't take as much out of me. Yes. Which is key, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, but let's just bring it up again. You're getting more and more clients and you're not really working that much, right? I'm work, probably working less than I was six months ago. Yeah, definitely, right? And even it, even sometimes it's not just working more. Mm -hmm. It was fretting more. Yes. Doing, beating myself up. So that's not happening. And that, that's a huge energy drain. Yeah, right? I know. There's yeah. so much more space in your life. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how has letting go of the need to be right increased your confidence? I think it's increased my confidence because now I know I can find the answer, mm. even if it's not coming out of me. Right. You know, I, I think sometimes too, that we as entrepreneurs may feel like we need to do it all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm really good at, at some stuff. I'm actually a really good web programmer. I, you know, I did computers for years. Yes. So I can, I can do that stuff. And so I feel like, oh, you should be able to do this and market and this and this and write and speak and coach and clean the bathroom too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not true. N number right. one, we don't have, we don't have enough time, mm -hmm. but number two, we all are good at some stuff and bad at other stuff and we hate doing other stuff. Yeah. Even if we're good at it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Clean the bathroom, but I don't it's right. It's not the best. Right. <laughs> um all right. So I want to talk a little bit. Oh man, there's so much I want to talk about. But I want to talk about you are coming to Denver tomorrow for your flying in, fly in, fly out celebration cocktails. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we're having a cocktail party tomorrow. If you're hearing this while we're recording it and you aren't anywhere near Denver tomorrow, enjoy, join us. Yes. It's not going to get released for a month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have already enjoyed cocktails. You'll probably see pictures with this, um, go up with this episode on my website, but yeah. However, if you're anywhere near New Orleans in October, we're going to be doing the same thing here in my hometown. Yes. <laughs> coming this way and we've got a place to go. Um, so I know I'm so excited about that. Um, but tell us first, I mean, this, <laughs> you just told me this story before we got on the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, you were such, <laughs> I mean, I already knew you were a different person, but um, there's a backstory. Like there was, 
what I love is it was never really a possibility that you couldn't come to Denver, but definitely your past self would have fretted about the possibility oh, this was going to fall apart. Right. So we decided that we were going to do this a couple of months ago when I was in Denver the last time. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't talked to my husband about it because I knew it was kind of a crazy thing and I wanted to get a couple clients, a couple more clients. So he was feeling good about the business as well. And so it, it came up to about, I don't know, about three weeks ago. And my husband's been having some dental work done in Cancun because talk to me about dental touristry if you want to know the whole story. Uh, but he, he was feeling some weirdness in the work they had done. And he's saying, I got to go have this fixed. I can't live with it like it is. I need to go down there and, and have them fix it. Or I need to go to a dentist here. So he called the people who'd done the work and they said, oh, that doesn't sound right. How soon can you come? Well, and he didn't know about this little trip to Denver. So he yes. comes up and he talks to his boss and he decides that he's going to go to Cancun on Friday and that they're probably going to have to do surgery on his mouth and he's going to be there for at least a week. That's in his head. Yes. I had seen the x-ray and I was pretty sure that they were going to take him and put him in the chair and adjust his, his appliances a couple of times. And it was going to be a long, nasty day, but he was going to be home the, the next day. Yes. So I said, okay, well, I'm not going with you because I have my pottery class on Saturday and you're going to go by yourself. And he's like, okay, but if they cut on me, I said, I'll be there if they cut on you. Don't worry if they're going to cut on you. I will go and get a get a ticket and I will be in Cancun with you when they do the surgery. Never crossed my mind that that would happen. Friday, I, Friday morning at 3 a.m. We drive to the airport. I drop him off, kiss him goodbye. And he goes off with luggage to stay a week. <laughs> <laughs> he had packed for the whole week. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, have right? fun. Yes. And I went home and I, I did, I did whatever I did on Friday. And then on Saturday, I went to my pottery class and I called, he called on Saturday morning. He said, I don't have to go back into the dentist today because it's, everything's fine. I said, of, co of course it is. I'll see you. <laughs> well, this whole thing has been an exercise, I think for him in trusting as well, because I don't think he was trusting that, that this was going to go right. This is, you know, he, he was living with the disaster mentality. This was going to just be awful. And he came home and yesterday I told him I was going to Denver and he, this was a different person I was talking to. Mm -hmm. He knew his mouth was going to be okay. He knew that this dentist was going to take care of him tremendously, that they were going to make sure that everything was right and they were going to if if they had and literally they paid for him to fly down there by the way awesome. to Cancun. yes so, that's awesome we didn't even have to pay for the ticket they paid for his overnight in place to stay the only thing it cost us was a couple of meals out in cancun yeah. which is cheaper than 
here, as a matter of fact. Yes. So he, um, I told him I was going to Denver and he was like, wow, that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I hadn't told you yet because I didn't want, I didn't want it to make one more piece of pressure on you for this trip. Yeah. But this is a person, I mean, first of all, I would have been fretting the whole time. Yes. Um, In the past, right? In the past. Yes. I would, and, and honestly, I probably would have canceled the trip and gone to Cancun and then been kicking myself when I, when we got back on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Because my, my thinking would have been, oh, we've got a plan for the worst. Yes. And I didn't even, I didn't even come close to it. I, as I told you earlier, I didn't even look up what it would have taken for me to fly from Cancun to Denver. Right. (laughs) Whether that would have been an option. It just was not, not even, it didn't even cross my mind that we would, I would be doing anything other than getting on a plane tomorrow morning at Oh, ridiculously early. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's because when you made the decision, you fully made that decision, right? There was no, Mm -hmm. maybe I should go, maybe I should check. Maybe this, it was like, I'm coming. We picked the date. We put it in all of our calendars and put it in the (laughs) photographer's calendar. And we said, this is happening. Right. And you, I mean, you were really the leader in that. Like, this is the, we're doing this, this is happening. And because that certainty and how is that different than the way you've made decisions in the past with things like you kind of wanted to do? I would make decisions and do them, but then I'd feel guilty about it or I'd feel like, Oh, you know, should I have done that? Or I would be second guessing myself. Um, and I wouldn't have had nearly as much fun because I would have been second guessing myself. So right. I mean, today I've, today I sort of gave over to getting a little bit ready for this trip. It's not a big deal, but I, I went and had the, had the nails done. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to run over to the store and see if there's, they have something. I, no, I'm going to run over to the store and see what they, see what dress they have for me to yes. come to Denver in tomorrow. I love it. And so I want to, we're going to talk a little bit about thriving versus surviving, but I want to just kind of highlight the points that you shared in your story with your husband about, you know, staying this trip and knowing what's going to happen and everything is going to be okay there. So the first thing John did was kept her story, right? And this kind of goes with the second thing she did is she had a story that said, I'm going to Denver, right? This other story doesn't matter. I'm going to Denver. I chose that that's happening. And the second thing she did is she didn't try and change her husband's story to match her story. She trusted enough in her story that he could have, he could have whatever story he wanted, right? He could exactly. have that. This is going to take a week. I need to pack. Like <laughs> I could do all this. Like <laughs> It was really pretty funny. You know, it was like, how much stuff really are you taking, Jessica? Really? <laughs> Go on for two days. <laughs> right? But you just let him have that, which is that's exactly what makes it work. And it's what so many people don't do. It's like, well, if I'm going to believe this story and I want this to be true, I have to make you. And I think you probably would have done this in the past, right? Like you would have tried to convince him to believe what the story that you wanted to have happen. And I mean, I, I went over it with him because I, I, didn't want him to be terrified of going yeah, out. Right. 
it was, you know, it was, okay, you know, you've already told Ronnie, you've told Ronnie, his boss, yeah. that he might be out for a week. Okay. <laughs> you know, you've, you've, cool. You've covered it, right? You've covered it. We're good. Yeah. I love it. And what, what also happened is that you trusted and then he was able to trust later on, right? He was able to mm -hmm. trust because you were holding this trust that this, this whole trip was going to work out fine. Everything was going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth thing that you did is you didn't indulge other possibilities. You didn't look up the trip to Cancun. You didn't play the what if game. You just stayed solid in the story you knew was going to be true. And you trusted that path. And that's how you create things. And people listening want to know like, well, how do I create when my husband thinks this way or my partner thinks this way? These are the steps you take. You, you tell your story. You don't try and change their story. Um, you, you trust for the both of you, right? You be the leader of the trust and don't worry about someone else. And then you just don't indulge the other possibilities, right? You don't give them life. <laughs> exactly. And I live, I live in, uh, in New Orleans. So there's a fair amount of belief in voodoo and, not there's a saying here that's called that's don't whip the grigri on you or mm. on me yeah and it, it's when you say oh everything's gonna you can either say say everything's gonna be perfectly fine and they're like don't whip the grigri on us <laughs> the grigri being the the fortune or yeah. misfortune or you could say oh everything's gonna be so horrible and they'll be they'll be the same way so you're really not allowed to go either way <laughs> <laughs> but he's got he's got that very um fatalistic view of the world that that life is not life is gonna turn the wrong way and it's been kind of hard to live in that situation with him where he doesn't he's like always planning for the worst mm -hmm. and to stop being that person that also plans for the worst along with him. Yes. And it's opened up like you didn't have to change him to open up for yourself. Right. Which no, is, but it's like, changing him. Right. That's what I was going to say next. Let's have this conversation in six months because of course it's going to change him, right? Because your energy changed and you raised the vibration of the house, which means he's going to come up because there's space to come up instead of you two just being here, you're here and he's, you know, and that doesn't mean you're better than him. It just means that vibration about what's going to work out is higher and he's going to come up there. Yeah. And so that's awesome. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I want to wrap up talking a little bit about survival versus thriving because we've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about this. And this is one of the conversations that we had in some of our biggest moments is that, you know, you said to me, I feel like my instincts are off. And I said, because you're trying to survive and that's what your instincts are built for. They aren't built for thriving. Yeah. And so we've talked about that a little bit before, but before we got on the call, we were just chatting and laughing and you were saying none of this stuff, you know, we, you know, we're working through, you know, how to message on Facebook and get that, you know, get the right words so that people can hear you. Right. And you said, none of this is a big deal. Like we have this that works and we have this that works and we have this that works. None of this is a big deal. And then you said to me, what's a big deal is I'm coming to Denver, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
and they're two very big deals, but they're two very different sides of a coin, right? right. So coming to Denver, big deal. What does that mean to you? So Denver is just, um, who flies, who flies 1500 miles to go for cocktails, right? <laughs> people who, who thrive. Yes. People yes. who are thriving, people who are not worried about whether or not this client is going to sign up or this book is going to go to bestseller status or this talk is going to bring five clients in the door. People who thrive think about going right. to find a, going to find the right dress. Right. <laughs> they think about, you know, you know, I really should do my nails today and okay, so I normally try and get away for a manicure a couple times a month, but I'm going to do a mani-pedi today. So. Yes. <laughs> because I want to look nice. These are my right. friends. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, that is more important than is this one person going to walk in the door and start coaching with me? Because there are other people. There are... You know, I, I've known this all along, but it's something like 500,000 women start their menopausal journey every single year or day or what, it's ridiculous. I yeah. mean, just in, just, just in the U.S. Yes. You know, let, let's leave out all the rest of the yeah. uh, English speaking world because I don't speak French or Spanish. <laughs> 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 but the there's always somebody else who's going to need my, what I have to offer. So mm -hmm. if I screw up with one person, it's not, it's, it's a big deal for them. Right. But it's not a big deal for me. Yeah. And if I do more, yeah. If I screw up reaching them one way, maybe I'll reach them next month or maybe I'll reach them in six months or maybe they'll say, Oh, screw it. I'm just going to go buy my book, or they might go say, say I'm going to go buy Christian Northrup's 900 page Magnus Opum that <laughs> by the way is in eight point font. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is in 12. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, because we all need reading glasses. too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, it, looking at that as a, as oh my god i'm gonna screw up their life or oh my god i'm gonna screw up my life it's just not i can't live that way anymore yeah yeah and that's how we know for sure like you've made that shift and now we're building this thriving life versus this one built on survival and it's the same energy like there are big deals in both lives but when you're stuck in survival mode the big deals are the catastrophes about how my business isn't working and this isn't and i can't figure it out and i can't do this when you're on the thriving side the big deal is hey i'm flying to cocktails to see my girlfriends <laughs> flying to denver to have cocktails and see my girlfriends tomorrow right yeah and that's a big deal and it, it, it occupies the same amount of space but it has a very different both experiential feel and carrying forward what it creates next is very different right right yeah. right 
I'm so excited to, we had to get this in today because <laughs> I know when you come to Denver, it's going to like, things are going to be even bigger and different. Well, I would love, if anyone who's watching this has watched the earlier episodes and sort of been following along, I would love to know from the outside, because Cassie and I are right here in it, but I would love to know what it, because I feel like I'm, I've just changed every single month we've done this. Absolutely. That's why I was like, we got to do this every month because six weeks is too, there's too much happening. It's you're growing so fast. You have changed. I mean, you have changed so much. Like there isn't a time we get on the phone where I'm not like, man, this is a different version. If this wouldn't have happened six months ago, this definitely wouldn't happen three years ago. <laughs> and this might not have happened last week. Right? Exactly. It's still, I'm like, wow. Whew. <laughs> Yeah. And I will also say that the pottery thing has been an amazing journey to, to take something that I struggled with so much uh, 40 years ago. Yeah. And just to, to walk in, I will admit I had a fabulous teacher. Um, I will admit that the person that tried to teach me before wasn't dedicated to trying to teach me, but just to be able to do the, no, just to be able to be in a, in a relationship to a pottery wheel and have it work was just an amazing gift to myself yeah. of this is who you are when you just let things happen and don't have to control them. Yes. Ugh. So good. So good. And all made possible by all the work you've done, right? Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? Um, no, it's just so many, many good things. And I think I, it all goes back to the decision that you and I made together that if I wasn't listening, then this wasn't going to work. And it either, I either had to listen and had to do it or I had to quit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Either one of those was a possibility. Either one of those would have done, done things right. But mm -hmm. um, if I hadn't, if we hadn't made that decision together, I would probably be working in a job mm. right now because yeah. that's where it was. Yeah. How does it feel to know like that's like this, like the fact that your business is going to work is just like coming to Denver, right? It's in a, that's what's happening. It's, I mean, it already is working, but I mean, working. going to be where you want it to be very soon. Mm -hmm. Like how does that feel knowing with that certainty and that this other whole job possibility is just closed down. It's, it's amazing. It's so different because I did that. I did that. I will say that I did that probably. Oh, it was before I left Alabama. So I had been doing this for a couple of years mm -hmm. and I just got disgusted with myself and I said, I'm going to shut it down. And I, applied for a job and I had a job really quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, I had everything but the last interview and I 
thought about how it would feel to go to work every day mm. and work in an office and do the same thing. And more importantly, to turn my back on the people I knew needed my help. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing, not even the paycheck felt good. Mm. Not even the concept of going back to a six figure income felt good. Yeah. Cause I was struggling then. Yeah. Um, and it was a job that was offering in, in the low six figure, but you know, <laughs> yeah, but it had all the, you know, it had the bennies and it had all the, mm. all the corporate stuff, but it, just didn't make my heart sing. Mm -hmm. How does your heart feel now? My heart feels pretty damn full. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Um, and with that, I'm going to wrap up. Of course, you can find Jean at menopause.guru. Um, she is the menopause guru. And uh, if you know somebody who is, or even you think might be struggling with something that's changed in their body around the time, what ages should somebody look out? Like if something changes in someone and they go, this is different in my mom, my sister, my best friend, what, if there's a certain age range, when yeah. might they call out to you? I, you know, I, I recommend that everyone, every woman in her mid-30s mid to about 41 or 42, go out and find out something about menopause. And that's why I wrote, I Just Want to Be Me Again, which is just sort of a primer of, of basic information about what happens to your body. But most women are finding the changing, changes start to happen in their mid-40s and on up. But the other thing that happens is that we so, so many of us sort of get this thing that the definition of menopause is the day that you've gone a year without a period um, for someone who has, who is still having cycles. But that point is not the point at which symptoms stop. Symptoms can stop. And it's certainly not the point at which the your view of the world changes, finalizes. Mm -hmm. So it can be anywhere from the mid forties. I talk, I talk about people from the mid forties to the early sixties. Cool. Awesome. And so much happens in that period. Yeah. Well, so possibilities open. Yes, I know. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I truly appreciate you being so open and sharing this journey with everybody because I know that people, I hear it all the time. You know, every time one of your interviews comes up, people say, oh, I saw myself in that. I heard my, I'm going to do this differently because I, I did the same thing. Yeah. Which is so cool. I made every mistake in the book. You just, just ask. <laughs> <laughs> I've invented a few. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next time we're for sure going to talk about money and really stepping into this place of being the business owner who can, uh, guides her money, right? Versus then, and so we're going to take talk about that next time. So make sure you tune in, make sure you check out, check out Jean at menopause.guru.com and listen to the next episode of the More Money Show. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Jean. Thank you for joining us on the More Money Show. 
To learn the step-by-step -step process to welcome more money into your life, go to manifest10k.com.